Chapter 21 of The Romance of Modern Invention. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tom Mack, Tucson, Arizona. The Romance of Modern Invention by Archibald Williams. Chapter 21 Photography in Colors. While photography was still in its infancy, many people believed that a means having been found of impressing the representation of an object on a sensitized surface, a short time only, would have to elapse before the discovery of some method of registering the colors as well as the forms of nature. Photography has, during the last 40 years, passed through some startling developments, especially as regards speed. Experts such as Monsieur Murray have proved the superiority of the camera over the human eye in its power to grasp the various phases of animal motion. Even rifle bullets have been arrested in their lightning flight by the sensitized plate. But while the camera is a valuable aid to the eye in the matter of form, the eye still has the advantage so far as color is concerned. It is still impossible for a photographer, by a simple process similar to that of making an ordinary black and white negative, to affect a plate in such a manner that from it prints may be made by a single operation showing objects in their natural colors. Nor, for that matter, does color photography direct from nature seem any nearer attainment now than it was in the time of Daguerre. There are, however, extant several methods of making color photographs in an indirect or roundabout way. These various dodges are, apart from their beautiful results, so extremely ingenious and interesting that we propose here to examine three of the best known. The reader must be careful to banish from his mind those colored photographs so often seen in railway carriages and shop windows which are purely the result of handwork and mechanical printing, and therefore not color photographs at all. Before embarking on an explanation of these three methods, it will be necessary to examine briefly the nature of those phenomena on which all are based, light and color. The two are really identical. Light is color, and color is light. Scientists now agree that the sensation of light arises from the wave-like movements of that mysterious fluid, the omnipresent ether. In a beam of white light, several rates of wave vibrations exist side by side. Pass the beam through a prism, and the various rapidities are sorted out into violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red, which are called the pure colors since if any of them be passed again through a prism, the result is still that color, crimson, brown, etc. The composite colors would, if subjected to the prism, at once split up into their component pure colors. There are several points to be noticed about the relationship of the seven pure colors. In the first place, though they are all allies in the task of making white light, there is hostility among them, each being jealous of the others, and only waiting for a chance to show it. Thus, 
Suppose that we have on a strip of paper squares of the seven colors, and look at the strip through a piece of red glass. We see only one square, the red, in its natural color, since that square is in harmony only with red rays. Compare the sympathy of a piano with a note struck on another instrument. If C is struck, say on a violin, the piano strings producing the corresponding note will sound, but the other strings will be silent. The orange square suggests orange, but the green and blue and violet appear black. Red glass has arrested their ether vibrations and said, no way here. Green and violet would serve just the same trick on red or on each other. It is from this readiness to absorb or stop dissimilar rays that we have the different colors in a landscape flooded by a common white sunlight. The trees and grass absorb all but the green rays which they reflect. The dandelions and buttercups capture and hold fast all but the yellow rays. The poppies in the corn send us back red only, and the cornflowers only blue. But the daisy is more generous and gives up all the seven. Color, therefore, is not a thing that can be touched any more than sound, but merely the capacity to affect the retina of the eye with a certain number of ether vibrations per second, and it makes no difference whether light is reflected from a substance or refracted through a substance. A red brick and a piece of red glass have similar effects on the eye. This, then, is the first thing to be clearly grasped, that whenever a color has a chance to make prisoners of other colors, it will do so. The second point is rather more intricate, that this imprisonment is going on even when the friendly concord appears to be the order of the day. Let us endeavor to present this clearly to the reader. Of the pure colors, violet, green, and red, the extremes and the center are sufficient to produce white, because each contains an element of its neighbors. Violet has a certain amount of indigo, green, some yellow, red, some orange. In fact, every color of the spectrum contains a greater or less degree of several of the others, but not enough to destroy its own identity. Now suppose that we have three lanterns projecting their rays onto the same portion of a white sheet, and that in front of the first is placed a violet glass, in front of the second a green glass, in front of the third a red glass. What is the result? White light. Why? Because they meet on equal terms as no one of them is at a point of advantage. No prisoners can be made, and they must work in harmony. Next, turn down the violet lantern, and green and red produce a yellow, halfway between them. Turn down red and turn up violet, indigo blue results. All the way through, a compromise is effected. But supposing that the red and green glasses are put in front of the same lantern, and the white light sent through them. Where has the yellow gone to? Only a brownish-black light reaches the screen. The same thing happens with red and violet, or green and violet. Prisoners have been taken because one color 
has had to demand passage from the other. Red says to Green, You want your rays to pass through me, but they shall not. Green retorts, Very well, but I myself have already cut off all but green rays, and if they don't pass you, nothing shall. And the consequence of the quarrel is practical darkness. The same phenomenon may be illustrated with blue and yellow. Lights of these two colors projected simultaneously onto a sheet yield white, but the white light sent through the blue and yellow grass in succession produces green light. Also, blue paint mixed with yellow gives green. In neither case is there darkness or entire cutting off of color, as in the case of red plus violet or green plus red. The reason is easy to see. Blue light is a compromise of violet and green, yellow of green and red. Hence, the two colored lights falling on the screen make a combination which can be expressed as an addition sum. Blue equals green plus violet. Yellow equals green plus red. Therefore, green plus violet plus red equals white. But when light is passed through two colored glasses in succession or reflected from two layers of colored paints, there are prisoners to be made. Blue passes green and violet only. Yellow passes green and red only. So violet is captured by yellow and red by blue, green being free to pass on its way. There is then a great difference between the mixing of colors which evokes any tendency to antagonism and the adding of colors under such conditions that they meet on equal terms. The first process happens, as we have seen, when a ray of light is passed through colors in succession. The second, when lights stream simultaneously onto an object. A white screen, being capable of reflecting any color that falls onto it, will with equal readiness show green, red, violet, or a combination. But a substance that is in white, light, red, green, or violet, will capture any other color. So that if for the white screen we substituted a red one, violet or green falling simultaneously would yield blackness, because red takes both prisoners. If it were violet, green would be captured, and so on. From this follows another phenomenon, that whereas projection of two or more lights may yield white, White cannot result from any mixture of pigments. A person with a whole box full of paints could not get white were he to mix them in an infinitude of different ways. But with the aid of his lanterns and as many differently colored glasses, the feat is easy enough. Any two colors which meet on equal terms to make white are called complementary colors. Thus yellow equals red plus green lights is the complementary of violet. Thus pink equals red plus violet lights is the complementary of green. Thus blue equals violet plus green lights is the complementary of red. This does not, of course, apply to mixture of paints, for complementary colors must act together, not in antagonism. 
If the reader has mastered these preliminary considerations, he will have no difficulty in following out the following processes. A. The Jolly Process, invented by Professor Jolly of Dublin. A glass plate is ruled across with fine parallel lines, 350 to the inch, we believe. These lines are filled in alternately with violet, green, and red matter, every third being violet, green, or red, as the case may be. The color screen is placed in the camera in front of the sensitized plate. Upon exposure being made, all light reflected from a red object to select a color is allowed to pass through the red lines, but blocked by all the green and violet lines, so that on development that part of the negative corresponding to the position of the red object will be covered with these dark lines separated by transparent belts of twice the breadth. From the negative, a positive is printed, which of course shows transparent lines separated by opaque belts of twice their breadth. Now suppose we take the color screen and place it again in front of the plate in the position it occupied when the negative was taken. The red lines being opposite, the transparent parts of the positive will be visible, but the green and violet being blocked by the black deposit behind them will not be noticeable, so that the object is represented by a number of red lines which at a small distance appear to blend into a continuous whole. The violet and green affect the plate in corresponding manner, and composite colors will affect two sets of lines in varying degrees, the lines from the two sets blending in the eye. Thus yellow will obtain passage from both green and red, and when the screen is held up against the positive, the light streaming through the green and red lines will blend into yellow in the same manner as they would make yellow if projected by lanterns onto a screen. The same applies to all the colors. The advantage of the Jolly process is that in it only one negative has to be made. B. The Ives process. Mr. Frederick Eugene Ives of Philadelphia arrives at the same result as Professor Jolie, but by an entirely different means. He takes three negatives of the same object, one through a violet blue, another through a green, and a third through a red screen placed in front of the lens. The red negative is affected by red rays only, the green by green rays only, and the violet blue by violet blue rays only, in the proper gradations. That is to say, each negative will have opaque patches wherever the rays of a certain kind strike it, and the positive printed off will be by consequence transparent at the same places. By holding the positive made from the red screen negative against a piece of red glass, we should see light only in those parts of the positive which were transparent. Similarly with the green and violet positives, if viewed through glasses of the proper color. The most ingenious part of Mr. Ives' method is the apparatus for presenting all three positives lighted through their colored glasses to the eye simultaneously. When properly adjusted so that their various parts exactly coincide, the eye blends the three together, 
seeing green, red, or violet separately, or blended in correct proportions. The chromoscope, as the viewing apparatus is termed, contains three mirrors, projecting the reflections from the positives in a single line. As the three slides are taken stereoscopically, the result gives the impression of solidity as well as of color, and is most realistic. C. The Sanger-Shepard process. This is employed mostly for lantern transparencies. As in the Ives process, three negatives and three transparent positives are made, but instead of colored glasses being used to give effect to the positives, the positives themselves are dyed and placed one on top of another in close contact so that the light from the lantern passes through them in succession. We have therefore now quitted the realms of harmony for that of discord, in which prisoners are made, and Mr. Shepherd has had to arrange matters that in every case the capture of prisoners does not interfere with the final result, but conduces to it. In the first place, three negatives are secured through violet, green, and red screens. Positives are printed by the carbon process on thin celluloid films. The carbon films contains gelatin and brichomate of potassium. The light acts on the brichomate in such a way as to render the gelatin insoluble. The result is that, though in the positives there is at first no color, patches of gelatin are left, which will absorb dyes of various colors. The dyeing process requires a large amount of care and patience. Now it would be a mistake to suppose that each positive is dyed in the color of the screen through which its negative was taken. A moment's consideration will show us why. Let us assume that we are photographing a red object, a flower pot for instance. The red negative represents the pot by a dark deposit. The positive printed off will consequently show clear glass at that spot, the unaffected gelatin being soluble, so that to dye that plate would be to make all red except for the very part which we require red, and on holding it up to the light, the flower pot would appear as a white transparent patch. How then is the problem solved? Mr. Shepherd's process is based on an ordered system of prisoner taking, Thus, as red in this particular case is wanted, it will be attained by the other two positives which are placed in contact with the red positive so that all three coincide exactly, robbing white light of all but its red rays. Now, if the other positives were dyed green and violet, what would happen? They would not produce red, but by robbing white light between them of red, green, and violet, would produce blackness. They would not produce red, but by robbing the white light between them of red, green, and violet, would produce blackness, and we should be as far as ever from our object. The positives are therefore dyed, not in the same colors as the screens used when the negatives were made, but in their complementary colors. That is, as explained above, those colors which added to the color of the screen would make white. The red screen negative is therefore dyed violet plus green equals blue. The green negative 
red plus violet equals pink. The violet negative, red plus green, equals yellow. To return to our flower pot, the red screen positive, dyed blue, is, as we saw, quite transparent where the pot should be. But behind the transparent gap are the pink and yellow positives. White light equals violet plus green plus red passes through the pink equals violet plus red and has to surrender all its green rays. The violet and red pass on and encounter yellow equals green plus red and violet falls a victim to green, leaving red unmolested. If the flower pot had been white, all three positives would have contained clear patches unaffected by the three dyes, and the white light would have been unobstructed. The gradations and mixtures of colors are obtained by two of the screens being influenced by the color of the object. Thus, if it were crimson, both violet and red screen negatives would be affected by the rays reflected by it, and the green screen negative not at all. Hence, the pink positive would be pink, the yellow clear, and the blue clear. White light passing through is robbed by pink of green, leaving red plus violet equals crimson. Color printing. Printing in ink colors is done in a manner very similar to the Sanger Shepherd lantern slide process. Three blocks are made by the help of photography through violet, green, and red screens and etched away with acid like ordinary half-tone black and white blocks. The three blocks have applied to them ink of a complementary color to the screen they represent, just as in the Sanger Shepherd process, the positives were dyed. The three inks are laid over one another on the paper by the blocks, the relieved parts of which corresponding to the undissolved gelatin of the Shepherd positives only take the ink. White light being reflected through layers of colored inks is treated in just the same way as it would be were it transmitted through colored glasses yielding all the colors in approximately correct gradations. End of chapter 21. Photography in Colors. Recording by Tom Mack.